guys, who out there likes, no, scratch that, loves coffee? Raise your virtual hand. Me too. Me too. I love coffee. I didn't always love it. I think my first really strong memories of it are my stepdad, who, (laughs) being a contractor, he would make these massive jugs of coffee every morning. I mean, I'm talking enough to fill a whole drip coffee maker cup thing. And he would take an entire thing of coffee like that with him every morning into his truck, off to his jobs. And it would sit in the dash of his car because it was so big and heavy and massive. It would just sit there and he would, he would drink it for hours. And I don't know how he did that because I'm sure it got lukewarm and in my opinion, gross, but he did that every day. And that was one of my first memories of coffee. We didn't really have coffee in the house much until my stepdad came in. And that's a fond memory of mine, actually. But I didn't personally drink coffee until it was probably 2005 or 2006. I remember the first time I had a Starbucks drink. It was a chai tea latte. And... I know that's not coffee, but that was my first foray into something that was caffeinated, not including soda. That is, of course, I've had soda for a very long time. Do you call it pop or soda pop? I'm always curious what people call that beverage. I don't really like tea. I, I, well, let's not say I don't like tea. I'm just very picky with my tea because a lot of tea is very bitter to me. I have to put a lot of cream or milk in my tea. I do like red tea. I like herbal teas and actually I like caffeine, a lot of caffeine-free teas. I like mint tea. Peppermint tea is good, but black tea, things like that. I just, I'm, I'm not into the more bitter, robust teas, but give me some cream and some honey and I can sugar that baby up. But this obsession with chai tea lattes, which I thought tasted a little bit like gingerbread, led to my trying white chocolate mochas. And then I think my next drink was, so I slowly graduated to actual coffee. I think my next drink was probably a caramel macchiato. And then I started going to lattes and cappuccinos you know, wet cappuccinos, which I justified as being a little bit less sugary than a latte. I know maybe that's silly, but I got wet cappuccinos. I still remember the first time I ordered a dry cappuccino thinking I wanted a wet cappuccino, but I said the wrong thing. I was backwards and I got the dry cappuccino and it had, it it was, (laughs) that was an experience. But then finally I started getting just plain lattes and experimenting with different ways to just get straight coffee with cream in it. And I kind of fell in love with it. And for a while, I was going to Starbucks, you know, two or three times a week doing this. And then eventually, I wanted to start doing it at home. So I started using this really old, small, just drip coffee maker that we had and sugaring it up like crazy. So I was doing cream and sugar. And then finally, after talking to a colleague and a friend of mine some years after that, she said she did pour over. I was like, what is that? (laughs) So 
pour over coffee. There's something magical about this process. I, I, to be fair, I haven't actually done a French press method myself. I've tasted French press and I do like it. Maybe that's something else I should experiment with, but I've never actually made a French press myself. But pour over coffee, ugh. So I started by getting this very inexpensive Hario set, which was, I think the the cone was just plastic, you know. was This was not a top-of-the-line pour-over set. It was your basic introductory starter set. And that was how I started to learn the world of pour-over. But it took me a long time to get the ratios right and figure out what tasted good. So I started to read stuff online, and that was when I realized just how extensive the world of coffee was. There was an entire sub on Reddit devoted to coffee, and I follow it, but every time I'm there, I feel way uneducated compared to everyone else because people, these are the people that a lot of, well, some people refer to these folks as coffee snobs, but I'm kind of one of those people because I appreciate the art behind it and the science and the strategy to making a really good cup of coffee. Honestly, I don't really follow any set rules at this point. I've I've read so many things and watched so many videos and I admire these people. I think it's great. I I relax whenever I watch those videos because it's just something about it is just so therapeutic and soothing. But when I make my pour over now, it's just this methodical, magic, relaxing, therapeutic, cathartic thing that is a part of every single one of my mornings. It's not just about the coffee. Yes, I've come to really love the taste of coffee and I'm slowly backing off the sugar. So I used to do cream and sugar and now it's just cream and it's less cream than it used to be. I don't know if I'll ever be a black coffee drinker, but I'm getting there slowly but surely. I I can't touch a sugary coffee drink anymore. It's gross. I'm like, wow, I like this. It's like when you eat something you had when you were a kid and it's nothing like you remember it being. Now, in some instances, like the Kraft macaroni and cheese, I mentioned that this was something that was so awesome and epic when I I was a kid, but that it was terrible whenever I eat it now. And a few people actually said they did change their formula. I don't know if that's really true, but yes, there are some products that have actually changed the quality is less than it used to be. But I think in most cases, it's just us maturing. It's our taste changing. We get a, a touch of something that is a really fine quality product and suddenly everything else is just, ugh. it's like when you try epic ice cream or wonderful chocolate mousse. <sighs> Guys, have you ever had chocolate mousse that just floats in your mouth? <laughs> I can't describe that sensation, but it almost has malt in it or something. There's this very effervescent quality to this chocolate mousse that's so light, you could eat a ton of it and not feel full. Because I've had chocolate mousse that just weighs you down and you can't eat more than two or three spoons. But some of that stuff is absolutely epic. I I had a great chocolate mousse from this little Italian restaurant called Tropea in Redmond, Washington. Go check it out. I wish I could, not there anymore, but they are awesome, both the food and the desserts. Back to the coffee. So I used to use a Hario pour over and I've 
moved up to an official Chemex, courtesy of one of my best friends. She gifted me an actual Chemex with the wooden handle in the middle and everything a few years ago. And every day I use it and every day I wash it and I cradle this thing and I love it and I take care of it because it makes these perfect cups of coffee. Another key to that is the kettle that you use to heat your water on the stove. Some people, they kind of go, eh, when you tell them that pour over requires you to actually boil the water yourself. I love this though. I love it. It takes more effort, but I love it. I love putting the water in the kettle and my kettle has this long spout that goes all the way down to the bottom. And I think that's essential with pour over because it helps you control the pour. Because when you're doing pour over, you have to pour a little bit at a time. And there's very specific ratios people get into about maximizing the flavor by releasing the gases from the grounds at the right rate. And I'm not kidding you guys. There is a lot behind this. I don't worry too much about that though. I simply feel how I want the flow to go with my coffee. And sometimes the cups are better than others, but it's not just the pour, it's also the amount of creamer you use and everything. Now, yes, if you do the right pour, sometimes the coffee is just epic. I can't explain it. It, It's again, it's a science. It's fabulous. But more than the taste of it, it's just the process. I love pouring the coffee. I love getting up, boiling the water, listening to it heat up, putting the grounds in, you know, and I wet the filter with warm water before I put the grounds in. There's a whole thing about preparing the filter, putting the grounds in, pouring the water, the way that it just kind of swirls around and floats and trickles down through the filter. The whole process is something that I enjoy because I'll be honest, I, I don't, I don't savor the coffee. I suck it down. (laughs) I I've been that way my whole life when I eat or drink things, even if they're really good, I don't really savor them. I just, I suck them down fast because I like things to be hot and fresh. So my coffee is gone in a flash once I make it, but oh, the process of doing it and just the satisfaction of doing that and not going to go get it from someone else and the preparation behind it. I don't know. There's something magical about it. Yes. I'm talking about coffee. (laughs) I'm talking about coffee on this episode today because I'll be honest, I'm procrastinating. I, guys, Queen's A Night at the Opera album is next. And that album is all massive success, Bohemian Rhapsody. And I don't, I don't take it lightly. I take it pretty seriously when I'm doing my Queen deep dives and all of my deep dives, whether it's Queen or another artist, and I just did Beck, I want to cover everything and I want to do it thoroughly and I want to do it accurately. So I've just got so much I'm thinking about to kick off a night at the opera. And there's been a lot going on with Queen in general. I haven't talked about that because I like to focus on just the songs and the dives, but a little bit of Queen news for you. Roger Taylor, Roger Taylor, drummer of Queen, is releasing a new solo album in October just in time for my birthday. And he's doing some limited shows all over in Europe though. I guys, I can't do that. I wish I could. I would so do it if I could fly over there and afford all that, but I can't pull that off. So I'm going to miss it. But anyhow, that album is called Outsider and feels so appropriate. I I can relate to that, 
Roger. Bravo. I'm all over it. It's going to include some songs he's released the last few years. One of them being Journey's End, I believe, which is one of my absolute favorites from him. One of his best compositions, in my opinion. And I will be all over that album when it comes out. Also... There is a magazine. I think it's only a UK magazine. What is it called? I can't remember. But they're doing two special editions all about Queen in great detail. Brian May himself said that the guys haven't told their story quite this extensively with almost anybody. So I desperately want these two issues of this magazine set. The second one I don't think comes out for a few months, but I desperately want them both. I don't know how I'm going to pull that off. Maybe I can order them. But yeah, a lot of stuff happening with the guys and it never seems to end. The queen train never stops. I think they've alluded to that a number of times over the years that, you know, again, it's like this mothership and they're always on it and it never stops. And I think it's awesome, but a lot of stuff going on with the guys. They've been going through every week. They've been going through these episodes of like epic queen stuff. And they just talked about news of the worlds this week. And I'm nowhere near that album yet, but that is a fantastic album and I can't wait to get to that. But yeah, I I just, I want everything. I want everything I can get my hands on before I kick off A Night at the Opera. I want it all. Yes, that is, that is albums later and years later in the Queen catalog, but it's so, it makes so much sense for a lot of the things I'm working on. And I didn't want to talk about anything else. I wanted to talk about coffee because it's light and it's relaxing. And I think a lot of us can relate to the coffee love. And if you don't love coffee, just try it. Try it super sugary and see where it leads you. Yes, coffee is very bitter, especially at first. It takes time to acclimate to that. I, I used to really, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I loved the smell, but I didn't like the taste. And somewhere along the lines there, I just fell in love with coffee. And then the process of making it became this whole little ritual that I look forward to literally every single day. I go to gourmet coffee shops so seldom anymore. And that's not just because I'm not in the Pacific Northwest. Yes, the Pacific Northwest has a plethora of independent coffee shops, coffee stands everywhere. Everybody talks about Starbucks, but there are so many little places out there that are phenomenal. Grounds Coffee in the Seattle area is phenomenal. I loved Cypress Coffee over there as well. I think there's one in Bellevue, there's one in Redmond. In fact, I lived right across the street from the one in Redmond. And I became highly addicted to their lavender honey lattes. <laughs> I don't like a lot of sugar anymore, but the herb, the herb, herbaliciousness of the lavender honey latte was so good. It was just the right amount of zing in a coffee, and I loved it. And Mercury's coffee is phenomenal. And they're kind of around the east side of the Seattle area. But there's so many other coffee shops. There's probably a lot in the Portland area and down into Bend in Oregon that I just, I'm not even aware of them because there's so many of them. There aren't as many where I am now out here in Arizona. That's, that's only part of the reason I'm not going to these coffee shops as much. I just love doing it at home. And I've kind of subconsciously cut back on my coffee intake a little bit because I make two batches every day. I make one when I first get up and then a couple hours later, I make another one and that's kind of it for the day. But I have this whole thing about the coffee too and where I get it from and what it is. I've become very picky 
about the coffee I'm brewing. I've tried a lot of different kinds. You guys, there's so many really good coffees out there. Start experimenting. Go outside the box. Don't get just the stuff that, you know, don't get folders. (laughs) Try something else. Try to find something that's from a local place or is this random thing that you've never seen before. You know, just try something new. Stumptown coffee is really good. Occasionally I grab that. But there's a lot of just little independently owned places that have this really great coffee. And I need to get a grinder. I have a grinder, but it's electric. And I kind of want to go really old school and just get one of those that you turn yourself. Seriously, I want to find something like that that I can just do it entirely on my own. And I think it will be even more satisfying to the entire coffee prep process. But that's all. (sighs) I just wanted to talk about something that didn't mean much, but was something that a lot of us enjoy and a lot of us are into and maybe just share a little bit of the coffee love with you too. So if you're drinking coffee right now, cheers. Make another cup if you haven't had any or you need another swig of coffee. I might do that myself. Or actually, I might go grab something down the road. There are a few fantastic places I found around this area here. Different flavors of coffee all over the place. It's like wine. I do love wine too. And maybe I'll do another episode about wine. I'm a red wine girl. I love it. But I haven't thought about wine as much lately because I just don't drink it that often anymore. I was never a huge drinker, but I've really just tapered off my drinking. And I find that funny because so many people last year were telling me, oh, I'm drinking so much more. (laughs) No, I don't drink a lot and I never have, partially because of my autoimmune disease. But I just, I don't stomach it very well. I will be honest and say the only time I was ever drunk was off of lemon drops, vanilla lemon drops. I don't think I could sip one of those anymore. (laughs) I don't know why. Ew, never again. All right, that's it. I just want to talk about coffee. And next time I do this, I'm holding myself to it and I'm going to kick off a night at the opera. I'm going to do it. I'm freaking out because it's a huge album and I want to get it right. But until next time, keep yourselves alive. Drink some good coffee. Experiment with something new. Order something different. Try something just completely out of left field for yourself. Next time I get coffee, maybe I'll just get some plain old drip coffee from a place and really start to dive into the flavors. That's the best way to discover a good cup of coffee. Because honestly, if coffee is brewed really, really well, it's great without anything in it. All right, guys, brew away.